0: Hey, I'm so glad to see you today. Glad you could be here for worship on August. This is August, the warm weather time, and here you are. God bless you for coming. Some people just want to stay home, I know, but you're here. So look at the person next to you and say, you're here, aren't you? And I want to welcome those worshiping with us online. We're always glad to have you as well. So glad that you could be a part of the service. Now, as we get started today, I need to let you know about something. I got a call from Joanne Walker Blag yesterday morning that Herman Blag, a member of the church, had died Friday night. Herman was 94 years old. We're going to have his service on Tuesday. What a wonderful man. We're going to have visitation at 10, funeral at 11. It'll be in the worship center uh, over there at the other other, camp. Center over there on the other side of the campus where we do the traditional worship service So if you'd like to come some of you know him and we'll be there and be in prayer for their family as well i just tell you real quickly Herman was one of the first cheerleaders at Auburn University 94 years old back in the day. He was a cheerleader and he said that back then they would give him a dollar for them to get something to eat if they were cheerleaders, but they didn't have any room for them to ride the bus to away games, so they had to hitchhike. Herman said they always got to the away games. They made it there. But just a sweet, sweet man, good fella, great witness. And so uh, just remember his family, if you would. Now, today we're talking about words, and we've been talking about being slow to speak quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And I want you to think about the words that you've heard and the words you've said, and how they shape your lives. Some of the childhood experiences we've had, some of our marriages, some of the words that impacted us. And you know, it makes a difference when we look in the mirror. What we say and how we say it, and who we say it to. People with no confidence have gained tremendous confidence because somebody uplifted them and encouraged them and said words to them that inspired them. Conversely, people who had great confidence have lost confidence because of harsh words spoken to them. And our words are not equally weighted either, are they? You see, if somebody says something positive to you, you appreciate it. Boy, if they say one thing negative, you remember that, don't you? I mean, somebody could say something negative, and somebody else could say 12 positive things, and you go back to that one negative, and so I wonder what he meant by that. And that's just the way we are. It's just our nature. You hear a negative, and it's not weighted the same way. And so we forget the encouraging words sometimes, but we remember the hurtful words. Now, have you ever had somebody set you down and say, Now, listen, I'm going to give you some good advice, and I want you to listen to me and remember. Don't ever..." Forget Forget what I'm about to tell you. And you go back in your mind and you remember that much of it. But then when they gave you that good advice, you can't remember what they said. But somebody says something negative, and boy, you'll never forget that part, will you? Those hurtful words, criticisms, sarcasms, we remember because words aren't equally weighted. I'm a boss. Boss's words weigh 120 pounds. Somebody else can say something, it may just weigh 20 pounds. But if I say it, boy, people take it to heart. If you're a mom, your words can weigh 500 pounds. If you're a dad, they can weigh more than that. One time I was encouraging a young adult staff member, and she said, I wish my dad would tell me that. And the recovery time for those words aren't weighted the same either. You see, we hear something negative, and it really affects us. It it hurts us immediately, but we don't recover quickly. And that's why it's ridiculous when we say, okay, look, I'm sorry, I said something I shouldn't have, and I just want you to go ahead and get over it, so please forgive me for that. I mean, think about it this way. If you slam somebody else's hand in the car door... And you say, well, I sure am sorry about that. Rub some salt on it. It'll get better. It'll be okay. No, it's not going to work that way, is it? Because it's not equal. You have to take them to the emergency room. You can be sorry, but they're still injured. And you take them there for treatment. Because I'm sorry doesn't change that, does it? Years and years ago, there was a movie called Moonstruck. It was Cher and Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage fell in love with Cher in the movie. He said, Loretta, I love you. And she slapped him and said snap out of it a lot of times that's the way we think we ought to treat other people. Well, look, I'm sorry. I said I'm sorry. Get over it, okay? Let's move on. But really, they're still hurting. And the same is true for our words. They hurt and they don't immediately get better. So he says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Now think about it. The words we say are the most powerful things we have. And in today's world, in today's society, society in media today, you can say something bad about somebody else and not even be in the room with them. In fact, today when you say things online, many times people will say things, ugly things online that they would never say if they were looking at you face to face, right? And you have an influence on people, and it's for the negative, and you don't even see them, but you're putting it out there. And so James, the brother of Jesus, writes this letter to the first century Christians, and he talks about the power of words. And some of our greatest regrets, relationally, have been because of things that we have said that we wish we could take back. In James, the Scripture says this, We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check." When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. And most of the time that's true. Those of you who ride horses, you know you can lead horses and you can get them to go this way and that. However, there are exceptions to that rule years ago I was a youth minister in Niceville, Florida. I had a bunch of guys in the youth group. They were in high school. They were football players. They had been up to Dufiniac Springs to ride horses up there. They had a little place you could ride and they knew their horses. And they decided to take me along with them. I didn't see it coming. We got up there and they had all picked their horses and they left one for me. And they said here you go. You can ride Precious. Now, precious was a misnomer. Precious was anything but precious. Precious wanted to go back to the barn eat the oats, and she didn't really care what you thought or what you did. Now, I'd ridden horses before. I knew how to ride a horse and how to lead a horse and so forth. Not Precious. We got out there. The other thing they failed to tell me was how fast Precious could move. Precious could move faster than all of their horses because they were behind me laughing when she took off. and She went flying across and went down into the woods, and I thought, well, I'm going to have to jump off of here. I don't know how I'm going to get out of here. And Then she took an immediate it right and wrap me around a tree out there. I had to drive back on Highway 90 recently from a trip I took over that way into Pensacola and I said, you know, I'm just going to drive by there and see if I can just go by and see where that place was. I stopped and put my hand over my heart and had a moment of silence when I got to that place where we rode those horses together. Now, most horses you can direct and, and the bit makes a difference. Think about ships big ships, they have a rudder, and that rudder, you can guide the whole ship with that little bitty rudder. And it says this. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder whatever the, wherever the pilot wants them to go. So this little bitty part on a ship can determine the destination that the ship takes. And so small things have a big influence. A small part can make a big influence. And whether it's a rudder or a bridle in the mouth of a horse, it's significant proportionately. And then he goes on in Scripture and he says, likewise the tongue. Likewise the tongue. He's talking about how small the tongue is in proportion to the rest of the body. And if you look at it, you realize it's only about four inches long, but it really has impact, doesn't it? It can be powerful. In fact, did you know that the tongue has eight muscles in it? But here's the amazing thing about it. Some people's tongues never get tired. They got eight muscles, but they're able just to keep going, aren't they? When our daughter Catherine was little, she was growing up and she had ADHD. She would say, I have ADHD. Ooh, shiny. And so one of the things, the side effects of that was that she would talk all the time. One time, Laura's niece, Karen, was in the van with her, and Catherine was just talking and talking and talking. And finally, Karen said, Catherine, My ears are tired. And Catherine said, well, my mouth's not. And she just kept going after that. So James says, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Now we all know that, that thousands of acres of land and all kinds of buildings can be destroyed just from a spark, from a fire. You think the fire's put out, you're out in the wilderness, but it's not completely put out. It's dry, and that spark starts a fire, and it can make a tremendous damage across a lot of different places because of it. Well, here's the thing. The tongue also is a fire, he says, a world of evil among the parts of the body. He says our tongue, our mouth, our words, they can be evil if we're not careful. Think about this. A divorce, a murder, and even a war can be started with words. It says in the Scripture, it corrupts the whole body. Now think about that. Anybody here want to give a testimony today about when your mouth got you in trouble? I asked this at the first service. There were a lot of spouses pointing next to them. I I don't have time to get into that today. We've got to move on. But let me just tell you, one day a repentant man went to a wise man. He said, listen, I've said things I should not have said. They were untrue things. And I said them about some people in the village. And I want to repent what do I need to do? The wise man said, get a bunch of feathers and take a feather to each one of the houses in the village and put it at the front door on the front porch of every house in the village where you said something that you should not have said. And the repentant man did that and he came back to the wise man and he said, well, my repentance is complete. But the wise man said, not so fast. He said, now I want you to go back and I want you to pick up every feather that you put in front of the front door and I want you to bring them all back to me. And the repentant man shook his head. He said, there's no way I can do that. I can't possibly find that. The wind has blown those feathers to the four corners of the village. I, there's no way I can find them. And the wise man said, your words are like those feathers once they're said they get blown all over the world so be careful about your words today paul said this in ephesians 4:29 let everything you say be good and helpful that your words would be an encouragement to those who hear them are your words an encouragement to those who hear them think about this when your child mouths off do you put the whole child in timeout, or just the mouth? What about somebody, you've never divorced a mouth before, you divorce the whole person. You don't fire a mouth, you fire the whole person. A principal doesn't expel the mouth at school, the principal expels the entire student, and that's James's point. As our words go, so our relationships go as well. And some of us have scorched the people we love the most by words that we said that we shouldn't have. And then when we're confronted, how do we respond? Well, we defend ourselves. Now, listen, if you start a fire accidentally... You still create damage, don't you? And the fire still takes an effect on things, and it's a terrible thing. And your words, you can start a fire with them as well, and they have a tremendous impact. He says this, sets the whole course of one's life on fire and is itself set on fire by hell. He's talking about the evil in us. Have you ever said something and you thought to yourself, where in the world did that come from? I wish I hadn't have said that. I wish I could take it back. But you know, there's two dogs inside of all of us. There's a good dog and a bad dog. And whichever one we feed is the one that's going to grow. And so we have to be careful about what we say and how we respond. We can be very quick with our tongues. We can be sarcastic and ugly or we can be encouraging to others. The scripture goes on and says this, all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. You see how difficult it is? Think about the animals in the world. Sometimes you hear about accidents, don't you? Shark bites, especially during Shark Week, or maybe snake bites, or maybe alligators, right? That happens. But we pretty much figured out how to subdue animals in the world animal kingdom today, and they're not a threat to the whole human race. He said, but no one human can tame the tongue. You see, we can't keep them domesticated. We can't keep them tamed. We can't keep them under control. We can't do that by ourselves. We've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit helping us to enable us to wait, to not speak. I pray every day, Lord, help me know when to speak and when not to speak, what to say and what not to say. Give me discernment so I know how to respond. Be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger. And then he's still not done. He said, it is a restless evil full of deadly poison. And he goes on and says, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. What's he saying? He's saying we come to church and we sing songs and we praise God and we listen to His Word and we celebrate Him together and we have a wonderful time and then we have to go back out and drive in traffic in Panama City Beach, Florida. And somebody cuts us off and you know you never can tell what's going to happen. I've been in lanes before where I'm turning and and the inside lane just comes right on over in my lane. And it's kind of like I'm old, I made it this long, let's see how far you can make it, okay? And that's kind of the way I felt that day. And so we have to be careful of what's going to happen. Now think about how bad that is. What we're saying, he's saying that you can praise, he says, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. So maybe we can hold our tongue sometimes. And then the scripture goes on and says this, can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives? Or can a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a small salt spring produce fresh water. He's saying some things just not going to happen. You can't see that, you know, a salt spring's not going to produce fresh water. So he said we must constantly be guarded about what we say. To understand that there are three things I want you to remember today, and the first one is, number one, remember. Remember the power you have with your words. Remember how you can use it for bad or you can use it for good. It really determines how you use it. And then the second thing is surrender. Surrender this formidable weapon to our Heavenly Father. The Lord I'm dangerous with this mouth, this tongue of mine. I want your help so that today I won't do anything I shouldn't do. I won't say anything I shouldn't say. And then when we mess up, I'm so grateful for the third one. Confess when you mess up. Now, see, God already knows anyway, so you might as well tell him. But you go ahead and confess to him and repent and ask his forgiveness, and then you're able to move forward from there. Aren't you grateful that we can be forgiven? Our mouth, by God's grace, with some thoughtfulness on our part, can be quick to listen and slow to speak. One day a turtle went to two geese. He said, I've noticed that every winter y'all fly south for the winter. He said, this year I want to go with you. I said, are you crazy? You can't fly, and you're so slow you'd never get there. He said, I got an idea. Let's get a stick, and y'all put this stick in your beaks, and then I'll hold on with my mouth to the stick, and then we'll fly south for the winter. So the geese said, well, okay, we'll give it a shot. They said, but one thing we need to point out to you, you can never open your mouth while you're flying along with us or it'll be the last thing you do. So the plan was devised and the turtle held on and the geese held on and they started flying and then some other geese came up and they started laughing and honking and taunting this turtle and the turtle just kept his mouth shut. He was hanging on for dear life until he couldn't take it anymore and he had to open his mouth to get the last word and it was the last thing he ever did. You know, you and I can learn from that, can't we? If you ever said something you regretted, I'm sure I know I have, and probably you have too. And so we need to think before we speak. A friend of mine whose dad told him that he would never amount to anything when he was a young man, he was young. He said it in a very vulgar way, and he said it much more dramatic than that. And my friend grew up with that, and he completed college, and he completed graduate school, had a very successful career. But that experience that he had with his dad remained with him. He's 70 years old today and his dad has been dead for years, but he still has those scars from his childhood. I think he could have accomplished even more with his life if he had just believed in himself a little bit more. To his credit, as a young man, he went to his father and he forgave his dad for what he had done, but the scars of his father's words still have remained. The tongue can cause a lifetime of pain. So watch your mouth. Now listen, I don't want to end on something negative, so I'm going to tell you something positive, okay? A great thing happened this week. We've been having 21 days of prayer. We come in here at 6 o'clock in the morning. We pray each morning, and we spend time together. We have an hour. It's wonderful. It's a simulcast from Church of the Highlands in Birmingham. And I noticed that Pharaoh... She's been bringing the students in and they've been sitting up front with her and they've been coming in at six in the morning to pray. Have you ever tried to get your teenagers to get out of bed in the morning? And she didn't twist their arms. She just invited them to come and they chose to come. And I looked up here and right up front, here's all these students up here and they're worshiping God and praying. And boy, it did my heart good just to see them. And then when I left, I went back to my office And on my desk, there were two little handwritten notes here. And they were notes from two of those students. And they were notes of encouragement. And they have no idea how much those notes meant to me. And other young people, other students wrote notes to all the staff And what a blessing that was. You know, I pray that their tribe will increase. Here's young people who have their priorities straight. Here's young people who want to worship God at six o'clock in the morning and spend time in prayer. Here's young people who want to say things that make a difference for good and for the kingdom. If young people, if students can do that, surely you and I can follow their example. And I pray this week that we might do just that. That when we're tempted to say something we shouldn't, we might remember what they did and their witness and their example. And we might be more like them. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you teach us. And thank you that we get to see that lived out in other people's lives. I especially thank you for these young people today, these students. I thank you for their faith and their witness. Mm -hmm. I thank you for their desire to encourage people beyond themselves. Mm -hmm. And I pray that we might follow their example, that we might live like them, that we might be an encouragement to them and others. I pray in your son's name Mm -hmm. and all God's children said,